Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. According to Jesus, the last half of the Great Tribulation will bring judgment never before seen on planet Earth. A combination of judgments so severe that unless their duration was shortened, no one would be left alive. Today, how the tribulation will end and the millennium begin. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this, the fifth of ten messages, our focus is on that time when the king judges those left behind. Now, it is during this period of time that you can take all of the judgments of the book of Revelation and you can put them right here during this three-and-a-half-year period. All of the things that you read about all happen, as far as we know, during this period of time. That's why Jesus says so clearly, he says that there will be tribulation such as never been in the world and will never be again. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. You see, God needs people to go into the millennial kingdom in their earthly bodies. God wants to have people who are saved to the end of time rather than dying. And so the tribulation is cut short because if not, you read Revelation and you're not surprised when Jesus said no human being would be saved unless God intervened. And then Jesus said, if someone says to you, look, here's Christ. No, there he is. Jesus said, don't believe it. Why do you think there is another emphasis here on false Christs? Well, here's Antichrist who proclaims himself to be God, and uh, he has all kinds of emissaries who are running around saying, uh, he is God there in the temple, but I'm his Christ. And Jesus said, don't believe it. I love this. He says, if somebody says, well, he's here in the wilderness, don't even go out. If they say, look, he's in an inner room, don't believe it. Because this time when Jesus comes, you won't have to look for him. He's coming to you. Notice what the text says. Verse 27, For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Four winds means north, east, south, and west from all the different areas of the world. It takes your breath away, doesn't it? Jesus is going to come. And if I haven't told you this already, as you might guess, a future message in this series is just on this glorious return of Christ, because this is only one passage where it is mentioned. 
And so during this period of time, there is the glorious return of Jesus. What do we make of all of this? What is the bottom line? What should spring out into our minds as we read the text of this very solemn message? All this week, I had heaviness in my heart as I was studying this passage. Because, you know, it's easy to speak about it, but it is difficult if you want to actually take it in and think about the future. So a couple of observations are very necessary. First, the severity, the severity of God's wrath and anger against sin. Even in evangelical circles today, there is this idea that we should just emphasize the positive. How Jesus can make you a better husband, a better father, a better businessman. How he can partner with you in your vocation. Yeah, he's all that. But we have domesticated God. We have taken God and we have made him into our image. We have made a God that we can live with who, yeah, he doesn't like sin, but he's not that upset as a result of it. We love grace, and grace is absolutely wonderful, and some people think it's kind of nice to have it. Please listen to me today when I say that uh, the reason that grace for many people is not very amazing is because God's anger against sin is not very amazing. So if you have a God who's very tolerant of sin, who puts up with it and winks at it, you need grace maybe, but you can probably do without it. You see, the reason that the gospel is so wonderful is because of the fact that Jesus bore the wrath of God for us and God really hates sin and is angry about sin. Old Testament, New Testament, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, and we have made God into somebody who is very happy with the way we are. So something that comes out to me, and the extent of human suffering that is going to take place on this planet defies imagination. Simply read the plagues of Revelation. And as Jesus said, tribulation such has never been and never will be on planet Earth again. What a future. And remember, he said, this must come to pass. There's a second lesson, and that is... Uh, this just comes at me as I read the Bible, and especially these passages. And that is what I want to call the great separation, the great separation. The Bible uh, always has the great separation. You go to the Garden of Eden, and there are two trees. You find out that uh, there are two sons. One is Jacob, the other is Esau, and they go in different directions. One saved, the other lost. You get to the New Testament and there are two different paths, a narrow path that leads to life and a broad way that leads to judgment. You find out, as we shall perhaps have opportunity to comment on in a future message, uh, you have the sheep and you have the goats. And I want to say, where's everybody kind of who fits in the middle? <laughs> where, where's, where's the middle here? You know, where's somebody who, 
yeah, he's never trusted Christ as Savior, but he's pretty good. Where, where does he go? I mean, he's not wicked. And yet you read this, and there is no middle. You're on the, either on the side of Jesus because you've trusted him, or you're on the other side. Good though you may be in your own eyes, it's just that clear. The great divide, the great separation. Today here at the Moody Church, if we could see into your hearts, or if I could see into your heart if you're listening by some other means, the audience to whom I am speaking is divided, and only God knows where the division comes. It's divided between those who will go into everlasting life, the Bible says, and then the others, everlasting damnation. It's one or the other. So I have to ask you today, are you sure that you know that you have believed in Jesus in such a way that indeed he has forgiven your sin, you've come under his protection, so that the wrath of God may no longer abide on you? That comes to you from my heart, hopefully to your heart, because we're talking here about very serious matters. Jonathan Edwards is frequently criticized because of his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. In a different context, I quoted most of his sermon to you. I shall not do that today. But I do want to remind you of that story that comes to us from the prairie. You remember the days when uh, prairie fires were devastating to farms and to old homesteads because if the grass went right up to the buildings, it would just burn and everything would burn in its way? I'm told that what the farmers used to do when the wind was favorable on a nice day, they would actually light all the grass around their buildings and burn it. Because as long as that grass was burned, they would burn huge patches, they knew that if a prairie fire came, it would stop where the fire had already been. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's fearful. Read Revelation and see how fearful it really is. And the only way we can be exempt is to receive Christ as Savior because when we do and God's wrath begins to come our direction, it is diverted because we have already been exonerated by Christ who bore our wrath for us. That is the gospel. Are you glad for that message? of the gospel. So that's all I can say to you today. What side are you on when these events take place? Let's pray. Father, we can hardly even imagine the regret that many people shall experience when they find themselves, when they see the door to heaven slammed in their faces. We're talking about good people, but people who were not ready when Jesus came. Grant, O oh God, we ask, 
that uh, all who have listened to me right now, if they do not know you as Savior, may they reach out and say, Jesus, today I believe. I receive you as my Savior. You do the work that only you can do, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you have heard a sermon that emphasized the wrath of God? We often don't speak about those things, but they are very biblical. And no matter where you are today, it may be that God ordained that you listen to this broadcast, to this message, that you might believe on Christ and be saved, saved from the wrath to come. I've written a book entitled, The King is Coming, Ten Events That Will Change Our Future Forever. For a gift of any amount, we're making it available to you. And from my heart to yours, I want to thank the many of you who pray for us, those of you who contribute to this ministry, those of you who help us. And remember, we exist to help you with resources so that you might make it successfully all the way to the finish line. That was Erwin Lutzer wrapping up The King Judges Those Left Behind, the fifth in a ten-part series of messages on The King is Coming. Next time, don't miss The King Destroys Nations, how a coalition will march on Israel in the latter days as prophesied by Ezekiel. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to OfferRTW.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. For Dr. Erwin Lutzer, this is Dave McAllister. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.